really grateful for all of you being here. This is this is uh, this is uh, fantastic, uh, and I am the energy uh, and uh, the excitement is really really great uh, too, given really what we have before us as a church. So I'm I'm privileged to have the opportunity to share a little bit about that with you tonight. Before before we talk about what we've really come to talk about tonight, two services. Um, I did want to let you know one of the things that we have done, given the fact that there's a there's a major difference that's going to be taking place, you know, in September when we are when we are meeting for worship twice, and then very quickly after that, planting a church in the southwest part of Winter Haven. And so we have we kind of made a decision as a staff uh, to basically rebrand uh, the entire. Uh, church across the board. So, if you've ever been a part of something that like that, you know that that includes like a launching of a of a new website that has different features on it. That's going to be a little bit different, a different, a little bit of a different logo, those sort of things. One of the main I wanted to let you know about this part of it. One of the main reasons for doing that is because as we not only not only this church becomes um, a church that's meeting in multiple worship services, but as we become a multi congregational church, that is. As we plant this other congregation in another part of the city, yet what our vision is is that we would not be two churches, but we would be one church, one church, right? But just meeting in two different locations as two different congregations. What you've probably heard, a multi-congregational or not really a multi-site. We don't really want to go uh, there because most of those are, there's one preaching pastor like me and you're, you're kind of... Um, videoing that guy in. That's not our vision. Our vision is to raise up men and give them the responsibility of doing the preaching. So multi-congregational. So uh, there, there really is a, a need for us to designate the one church something, but then we also have to be able to designate the different congregations uh, uniquely as well. Does that make sense? So instead of Church of the Redeemer, uh, we will henceforth and forevermore, or whatever the legal terminology is in that, uh, we're hoping that we can we can be called uh, Redeemer Winter Haven. So you see the you see the new logo there. Um, what's that? There you go. We like it. All right. We the front row approves. So we're on our way. So so um, so so that is what what we would. So instead of we've we've often you know said welcome to Church of the Redeemer. Or welcome to Re- uh, Redeemer. We're just going to kind of move forward, try to be uniform in saying, welcome to Redeemer. Where do you go to church? I go to Redeemer. I go to Redeemer Winter Haven. Or probably how that'll, that'll happen is you'll, you'll designate, when somebody asks you where to go to church, you'll say, well, I go to Redeemer and then whatever comes next based upon whatever congregation you go to. So for, for Jeff's church, as it's been consistently articulated from the front, they're planting Redeemer Southwest. Now, now the, the struggle becomes, if, they're, if they are designated as something other than Redeemer Winter Haven, then this place needs to be designated as something other than Winter Haven. Does that make sense? So this is what we've been going around and around about. And believe me, I've been a stick in the mud on some of these things. And we have not really been able to, because uh, it's, Redeemer Southwest has a ring to it, because they're going to be in Southwest Winter Haven, right? But what are we? Are we Redeemer um, Downtown? Well, no, not really. Are we... Redeemer Midtown, well, there's no such thing in Winter Haven, and, you know, it's not a big enough city to have something cool like that. Are we Redeemer Lake Elbert? Well, okay, and so, so what we have, and so scroll down, Joe. When you go to the website, the first thing that's going to prompt you to do on the website from now on is you're going to have the choice of choosing uh, between the different congregations. So go back out of that so they can see the big map, Joe, with the two, with the two locators on it. 
What's that? It's a work in progress, okay? There you go. Now, ah, you did it again. Okay. We're, now, look at this map. In a map? There it is, right there. Isn't it beautiful? There it comes. Okay, don't touch anything, Joe. Just leave it right there. So you, you can see where you, the, the purple, the purple uh, whatever you would call that little icon there, is obviously where we are. The green would be in proximity where Jeff would, um, would be meeting with his core group in their church. But can you imagine the day when there are seven or eight of those things on that map? And there's, and there's groups meeting all over the city of Winter Haven. Okay? And so that's, that is the ultimate goal. But in the process of, the process of, um, of thinking about what we uh, could designate this congregation, what we've landed on, do you have, do you have a picture of... Yeah, show me, the, show me the sign, Joe, if you have the sign. This is what we have pretty much decided that we would call uh, this location for two reasons. Because it, we are kind of centrally located in the city. And also because that is Central Avenue right out there that turns into um, Dundee Road. Thank you. And so that is the best. So unless somebody, you know, unless somebody's going to like leave the church over that or anything like that, that's that's probably where we're going to go. Oh, I got a hand, I got a raise of a hand over there. <laughs> so that you know, we we've been. That is not. I would tell you that is not one hundred percent a sure thing. We still have some some wrangling to do, but that is where we're leaning right now. So we'd love any input that you would have on, uh, on that, but, but again, we can't have everybody's input or we'll never make a decision, okay? So just, just it's the people that makes the church, it's not the name or it's not any of that kind of stuff. But as you can imagine, that's what we would, that's what we would uh, envision ourselves being, okay? Does that make sense? Does all that make sense? Any questions about any of that? Great. So that is one of the big things uh, that's going on. And Joe, the website launches tomorrow. Is that right? Yes, he's giving me a thumbs up. Uh, so the website will launch tomorrow, but obviously we can change things as we need to and whatnot. Uh, there will be changes on the app and, and those kinds of things because the, the app, you'll be able to go to the app. And if you want to, uh, in January when Southwest launches, Jeff and I will be preaching on the same text every week, right? Or whoever's preaching there and whoever's preaching here. And so uh, the app will give you the capability. And when, when you go in there, you'll click, you'll, you know, the first thing you'll do is find which, which uh, congregation you want to go to, and then you'll be able to hear the sermon. You could hear, theoretically, you could hear, you could hear the sermon. So if you want to find out who really is the best preacher, I guess you could listen to each of them. <laughs> right? I'm, no, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want, I don't want any, I don't, I don't want any part of you in that. Don't worry. Um, but you could listen to both sermons, or you could figure out what's going on at both places and that kind of thing. So it really is a change, but this is, this is in keeping with what we said as our vision. Uh, and just remember, it, f- it may feel a little, it feels a little bit um, when there's only two of us, but you have to imagine um, five or six of these congregations meeting throughout the city, which is our goal. Uh, it'd be really neat. Uh, again, I'll remind you, our goal is four congregations in the city uh, with a total of 1,000 people worshiping that's kind of the that's kind of the goal right in front of us um now we hope the lord blesses beyond that but that is kind of what we're aiming at uh you know right in front of us so uh, just be mindful of that okay great any other questions or anything about that there's a lot of people in the room so i don't know we can feel too many but all right fantastic guys would you pass out the sheets that i i gave to you then as we talk about uh what's going on here why you're all here with uh, with the thought of going to two services? These guys, I've prepared I've prepared some notes for some of you. Um, I typically do this on a on a vision dinner, 
night. And I'll give you a minute to get those passed out. I'll tell you, while they're passing them out, let me just read, let me read a couple of scriptures to you. And listen, this is dangerous because I don't want you reading ahead, okay, and then missing what I'm, what I'm, I'm going to basically read off this sheet and, prompt, and use it to prompt me for some different things. Um, but I, I, um, so, so try not to read ahead because I, I want you to stay with us as we have the conversation throughout uh, the next 30 minutes or so. So a couple of scriptures that I, that I was just thinking about because it's good probably for us to center ourselves on the Bible. Uh, and here, here are the two, and actually in the coming weeks we're going to preach on both of these uh, passages. And so the one from Luke chapter 15, Jesus told a parable. And here's the parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing, and when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my lost sheep. Just so I tell you. And this is, this is, this is just, um, this picture is just amazing to me. But Jesus says, just, just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Heaven gets lit up uh, when sinners, when, when people who need the gospel turn to Christ. And then just from Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And that really, I put those two scriptures there because that really is kind of, I'm going to talk about this as we go along, but that is, that really is the focal point of, of why we're doing what we're doing. So let's stop and let's just pray. Can we pray for just one minute? And I want to pray, Father, that as uh, you have sent your Son into the world to rescue and to save and to seek the lost, so Jesus, you have sent the Holy Spirit into the world to convict sinners of their sin and turn them away from their sin towards the Savior. And so, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you have sent us into the world and you have aimed us in the same direction uh, that we would be like the one who came in seeking and saving us, that we would be uh, seeking and saving those who desperately need to hear the good news of your gospel. And so we pray that you would bless our desire to do just that in our city. Continue to bless our church, that we might be a blessing. Uh, Help us to be wise and help our leaders to be wise in the plans and the processes that we put into place. And may you be glorified, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's let's talk for a few minutes uh, along along the lines of, of... this decision about going to two services. And really my goal here is to set some expectations uh, so that you're aware of what's coming. Look there, I start with our mission, and here's what I wanted to say. I wanted to begin by saying that going to two services does not signal a change in our mission. It is rather a change in our strategy. Our mission's the same, and it's important to say this because it keeps uh, this move in proper perspective, and it helps us to answer the question, Why? Okay, because that question is always an important question, isn't it? Why? It really matters how you answer that. And so I would say to you that two services is a means to an end. It is not an end in itself. It's a strategy for accomplishing our mission in our community. It is not the mission. The mission is not to grow and just have more people here. It's not to be a church that has two or three or four services or whatever. It's a strategy. 
And it's, import, it's important to remember this. Our mission, if you look there, and it's in italics for you, is, is to be, I mean, this is just one articulation of this, but it's to be one church made up of multiple congregations that together seek to make Jesus' invisible kingdom visible in Winter Haven, Polk County, and the world. Now, even in that mission statement, the church is not the goal. Do you see that? It's a strategy. What's the goal? The goal is the glory of God. The goal is the kingdom of heaven coming to earth. The goal is not just a great church, but a great city. That's the goal, to have a significant, eternal impact upon the place that God has put us that we love. Okay, And we have to remember that. And so just, just as one practical example, I thought this important to say. The most important thing happening at our church this ministry year is not this move to two services. It's the launching of Redeemer Southwest. Right? Does that make sense? Because we've consistently said that our strategy for growth in the city is multiplication through church planning. So the most important thing is not two services. It's a necessary means to an end. And for that reason, it's very important and we need to succeed. But if we successfully transition to two services, but we fail to launch the new congregation, then we have failed. If we successfully go to two services and grow this place to 500, but, but Heart for Winter Haven and Brad and that work doesn't get off the ground and get the funding that it needs and all that kind of stuff, then we've not met what we said were our goals to begin with. And so I just want to say if we were forced to choose between the two, if it really was a choice, either do this or do this, we would choose church planting. Does that make sense? Because we've said that's the thing that we want to do. So the, so the, so the reason to go to two services is, is the only reason is because it, 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 we feel like it's going to help us better do the things we've already said that we want to do. Right? So why then? And I have three reasons, and this is just recapping so we won't spend a lot of time on this, but I think there's a missional reason. And the missional reason is that in order to continue to plant churches like Redeemer Southwest and to support the churches that we plant in the way that we want to, we believe that we need to grow to an average of 450 to 500 people in attendance on Sunday mornings. Okay? Just because there's administrative needs, there's, there's resourcing that needs to take place, that we've even, even in the process of, as, as well as it's gone with the core group that's about to leave, we just really believe that that's the best place from which we can do this work. Now, in our current facility, there is no other option except that means two services. Believe me, we tried, we labored, we went everywhere. We've, we've begged uh, people to trade buildings with us in the city. We've done everything we've known to do. And uh, the Lord has us here, and he gave us this place, and so it really means two services. So we have a goal of growing numerically, but that growth serves a purpose. It's a means to an end. It's not the end in itself. And so if we grow to 450 or 500 people, but we do not accomplish our larger goals, again, we will have not met, um, we will not have hit the target that we started out to hit. So there is a missional reason. But there's also a spiritual goal, spiritual reason, okay, and I, I, I'm going to say more about this in the coming weeks, but our rallying cry as a church for 2015 and 2016 ministry year, we've already started talking about this as a staff, is just this tagline, to pray for gospel advance. That's what we're going to be talking about a lot around here, pray for gospel advance. And so our goals are to focus on prayer in every facet of the church's life in order to create a personal evangelism movement among officers, staff, and lay people that will result in the advance of the gospel in our city through conversions. Right? The reason for that, see those scriptures up above. That is really, we, we, and we believe that the best way to ignite a movement of prayer and evangelism 
that will lead to conversions, all of which, by the way, are part of a healthy church culture. Look at the book of Acts. That's what should be happening in a church. Prayer, vigorous prayer and evangelism that results in conversions. Thousands of people almost daily being added to the church in the book of Acts. In order to do that, we believe the best way to ignite that kind of movement is to go to two services. And then lastly, we also have a practical reason. And the practical reason is that we are simply out of room. So for the past three years, we have continued to grow and add people to our membership. I mean, you can just document that. I mean, it's just right there. So like Sunday, uh, we are constantly receiving new members into our church, right? So we are growing as a church, but at the same time, our Sunday morning attendance has not increased. Now, why is that? There's a really simple answer, and the simple answer is there's not enough seats in this room for, for that to happen. So, but the trend really is troubling. We will, we will never consistently average more than 285 people in this room. So if we, if we, and we cannot, we cannot plant churches fast enough to avoid long periods of stagnation that could easily become periods of decline. And so the only other option is, is we seem to continue to grow, but either those, we grow by numbers, but those people go, come in the front door and go right back out the back door. They don't get, you know, for whatever reason, the attendance needs to grow with that. And so... There's just a very practical, very practical um, thing that we're dealing with on that. Now, turn the page, and let me just say of note. Let me, in, does anybody, I don't know, I'm trying to think of what this number in the room right now is. What, Con, is Connie here? What, what, was the final, what was the final RSVP for tonight? 134. So probably 150 people in the room, maybe. 160 people in the room right now, maybe. Something like that. 140 to 160 people. Um, if, uh, when we go to two services in September, if our numbers hold, then both services will have about this number of people in them. Okay? So you can look around. And, and it feels pretty crowded, right? Because everybody's kind of pushed. But there's a lot of seats in the back, and the, the balcony's completely empty. So if you allow people to kind of spread around, it's going to feel half full. And I'm just warning you that at some point you're going to look at the half full sanctuary and it's going to feel so different. You'll be tempted to think, you know, did we really need to do this? We shouldn't have done this. We did it too soon, right? Uh, it was so good before and now it's so different. So part of what I want you to do is prepare yourself for that. It's going to feel different. There's going to be less people. There's going to be less energy. You might like it less, but remember, it's not about you. Right? We're intention- There's a good thing that God... I've, I heard... I remember now, you got to be, this was my early days. These were my younger days when you get to be, you're kind of crazy in your 20s, okay? But in my 20s, I remember uh, reading the story of a church in our denomination, actually, that, uh, that moved into a new, they had met in a warehouse for so long, they moved into a new building, and the pastor, the pastoral team refused to put air conditioning in the new building because they didn't want the people to get comfortable. Right? We're going to sweat. Now, we, now there were two, when we were meeting in the high school, there were two Sundays when the air didn't work. And listen, I'm... That was no, no thank you, not in Florida. But, but, but I just remember that story. Like, it sometimes is good to do things that make people uncomfortable because it's the very thing that spurs them to action, and that's what we're hoping happens. So if you look around in a month and say, there's nobody here, don't say, man, there's nobody here. That stinks. What you're supposed to say is, man, there's nobody here. I better invite people. Right? That's the goal. That's what's supposed to happen. Is there like a scary bug flying around in here or something like there's a wasp or something? Everybody's, people are ducking. Kill it, Michael, kill it. 
<laughs> okay. Now, I, I do want to. I do want to. Um, I do want to to be honest and say. Okay. Let me let me just stop. Any questions so far about any of that that I've said? This is a town hall meeting. I mean, this is supposed to be where we can, and we have plenty of time. We actually got started on time, so that's great. So, any any thoughts? Any questions? Oh, Brad almost did it with his bare hand. He almost got it. We need a Mr. Miyagi back there with some chopsticks or something to take care of that thing. Yeah, Vicky. Great question. And I'm going to answer in just a second. No, she said, no, that's, there you're, that's good. Yeah, hold on to that. And, we'll, we'll, and I'm actually going to have Terry, he doesn't know this, but I'm going to ask Terry to come and, and just explain a little bit about you know, two services, does that mean one's going to be different than the other, and how's all that going to work? So, um, any, anything else? We'll get to that in just a second. Now's the time. That's what this is for. Okay. So there will be changes. There, it'll, mean, it'll, mean, it'll mean changes in many of the different parts of the, of the church. Uh, and so I'm going to ask, I want Terry and then Ashley and then Jonathan... Uh, to just come, Terry's just going to come, Terry, if you don't mind coming, uh, he's going to come and just maybe say a minute or two just about, okay, how are we going to do this from a worship standpoint? Is the same person going to preach both both services? Is it going to be, is one of them going to be, um, uh, you know, one thing and one the other? And as he's coming, let me say this. I, I should have put this in here. I don't know why I didn't do this, but we have settled on times for these services too. And, and I just, just one little brief thing about, so we're going to do, the first service is going to be at 9 o'clock. And the second service is this very strange time, but just bear with me. What's that? Bear, bear with me. 10.35 is going to be the second service. Okay? Here's why. Because my, my opinion, and this is just my opinion, but if you go, what we, we said if we, could, if we could get started at 9 and if we could not go past 12 and if we could somehow do two services in that time frame, that would be the perfect thing. And so that's the reason for those times, okay? Because if, you, if we said eight, we thought about 8.45, but I'm just here to tell you, everybody I talk to, and me included, if I go to somebody and say, our church meets at 8.45, immediately in their head they think, man, that's a bunch of old people singing hymns. Anything with an eight in front of it. There's no other church in the city that has anything that starts, I mean, because who's up before 8 o'clock, beside, you know, I mean, before 9? So, yeah, I know you are, Josh, but I mean, listen, we, let's don't, you know, we don't want to go there. Josh would have us meet at 6.30. He'd be here, ready to go. So, so from, from 8 to, to, um, to noon, and so, I mean, 9 to noon. And so the first one's going to be at 9. We didn't want to start at 10.30 um, because there's not enough time in between. We don't want, I, I, we're going to try this, not 10.45, because we typically, an hour and 15, sometimes an hour and 20 minutes, and if you hit that hour and 20 minutes, then you're over noon. And just wanted to stay away from that. So we are hoping that... The first service will start at 9, be done at 10.15-ish. Second service will start at 10.35, and we'll still have you out before lunch so you can beat, or out before um, noon so you can beat the Baptists and the Methodists and everybody else to lunch. Okay. But how's this, Terry, explain kind of the dynamic of how this is going to go with the, with the worship team. Hello, everybody. Um, so... We, we've had some questions about, as Drew said, how, are the two services going to be exactly the same? Same preacher will preach in both services. If the first service is good, we'll let him preach in the second one. <laughs> Play that by ear a little bit. 
Uh, the plan is to have the exact same service, and we've been, uh, as far as the time goes, because you could say, well, you need to squeeze the first one, and then you could be a little looser in the second one. Well, we're not loose around here anyway, but if we were, if we, were we, we could stretch out the time a little bit. But we, we decided to keep them exactly the same length uh, with the same components, same songs, and we're meeting with the worship teams on Sunday, but we'd like to have the same worship team do both services as well. Just logistically, it's a lot easier to do that than have two different people try to do the same set of songs. So we're going we're gonna to work on that. So pray, you know, you, we're going to ask you to pray about a lot of things. One of the things to pray about is uh, the worship teams because it's going to put an extra uh, burden on that, you know, those seven or eight people for that Sunday being here for, for both services. Um, but the idea would be that um, we, will, we will have uh, multiple worship teams. Uh, we'll start out with two, try to get to three very quickly so that we can rotate every two weeks or every week or whatever we decide on. Uh, the idea would be to um, have the team, hey Carter, would be to have the team um, get together on Thursday night and rehearse the next two weeks. And then every other Thursday night we'd do that. Um, we we do we are going to have to really focus on keeping the services tight and quick and and moving along. So if you I don't know if you've noticed this, but the last month and a half or so we've really been working to make them an hour and fifteen minutes. And it's yeah, it's Sunday. Sunday we received members and we were done at exactly an hour and fifteen minutes. So we're, we're working to do that. We're trying to tighten things up and, and move it along without it feeling rushed. Um, so in order to do that, we had to cut one song out. You probably didn't notice that because we, we start that song at 9.30 and 10 of you are here. Um, if you live in Lakewood and you can't hear your own time... Anyway... Um, so we've been working. We've been working to do that. So the idea is to make make everything nice and, and tight, start on time, finish on time, and uh, and get things turned around. One of the reasons that we want to do uh, both services exactly the same is I've I've been in three or four churches where we've done two services. If you make them different, then you be, you become two congregations because you're gonna. People are going to have preference for one or the other, and so we decided early on that we were going to we were going to just go exactly the same, same um, liturgy, same same uh, preacher, same songs, and so forth. We are fortunate, but you can pray about this as well. Um, we're fortunate that um, really since the beginning, God has blessed us with really talented musicians and lots of them. Um, for example, we have a fairly small church. We have five drummers. Assuming you refer to drummers as musicians, we have five <laughs> drummers. Most churches can't scrape one up, and we have, we have five. So God has really blessed us, but we're going to need more people to be involved in that. So if you are talented musically and have uh, a calling for that, if you'd come see me, don't just show up on Sunday and sing with us, but come see me first, and uh, let's talk about how to, how to maybe get you involved. So that's what we're going to do with the, with the worship services. See, if I'd have prepared, I could have made that shorter. No, that was good. You did great. Sorry, I, I didn't want to bother you any, any further. Uh, Ashley, if you'd come and just explain a little bit about children's ministry. Uh, Ashley comes. I mean, again, uh, I think what we can anticipate is 
and I'm going to talk about this in a minute, but if there's 280 people uh, coming, then if you split that down the middle, about 150 people in each service uh, is what that would be. So just so you can get a picture of, of the kind of crowd that you're going to be, that you're going to be um, with. What's children's ministry going to going to look like. <laughs> we are going to offer the same exact classes um, that we have now, which is um, seven. And uh, I wanted to say thank you to all of you because I have been very encouraged um, at everybody's response of just tell me what I can do, where do you need me the most. Um, so I have almost ready to go our schedules um, with a 9 o'clock team and a 10.35 team where everybody will be scheduled once a month. We've had a few people who've asked, can I just be that fifth Sunday of the month that happens three, sometimes four months out of the year? So some of the classrooms will actually have that, that fifth rotation. But um, in the past, we have always, it's been kind of, it didn't look like it made a lot of sense on paper because we tried to make sure that nobody had to do communion Sunday Um, twice in a row we took turns on the communion Sunday otherwise if you worked every first Sunday of the month you were never in here for communion so with having the two services now we are going to try to have the rotation where if you're first Sunday it's always first Sunday if you're second Sunday it's always second Sunday because you have the opportunity to come um, early if you work at 1035 or to stay afterwards if you work at 9. So hopefully you will find that that schedule is a lot more predictable for you and you'll know, okay, I'm always the second Sunday of the month. Um, we'll continue to trade the way we have. So everything will really be the same. I think the trickiest part for us is going to be the children exiting the classrooms while new ones are coming in. So um, our team of coordinators has been talking a lot about how to make that flow easily and I think this whole new kid check system that we have is going to be very helpful so the plan right now and I will all of this will come out to you in writing too and the first couple times we walk through it it'll make a lot more sense but we're going to use all that space in the fellowship hall as our kind of entry and exit we'll use those partitions that just sit in the hallway right now and have one of the doors be the entry and one be the exit um, and have the check-in system set up there Um, So just watch for more details about that, but that will also try to help us control all the different entry points to that building just to tighten it up and make it a little more secure where everybody's coming in and out of the same doors. So still some bugs to work out with that. As far as our curriculum, um, we have made a few changes. You know, we've been doing the Jesus Storybook Bible with the elementary school children, which we love, but that is only one year's worth of material in If we have our kindergarten through fifth grade doing it, obviously they couldn't do the same thing every year. So we are going to be transitioning a little bit. We have, um, we will finish this year out with the Jesus Storybook Bible. The way we have our elementary kids in here once a month uh, has allowed us to space it out. We added some extra Easter lessons and some extra things at Christmas. So we will be finishing that up when the kids get out of school next May. Um, In our four-year-old pre-K class, we're going to start using the Gospel Story Bible curriculum, which I wanted to show you. There's a family devotional that goes along with that, and we're starting in the New Testament with that this year because that's where we are with our um, elementary school kids. This is a family devotional that goes along with it. It's called Old Story New. It's the New Testament, and then there's another one that looks like this called um, Long Story Short, and that is for the Old Testament. 
But the children in the green classroom, which is four-year-old pre-K, will be doing the Bible lessons that go along with this. We bought um, a case of those Bibles and a case of these um, devotional books that we're going to make available to you for a much more reduced cost, just for $10 a copy. You can get one, and this is supposed to be just a 10-minute devotional that you can use with your family, um, kids of different ages, and we thought it would be a a helpful tool um, just for you guys to have something to use around your table or in the living room at night with your kids. And um, green green classroom parents, um, if you want the Bible that goes along with that as well, come see me afterwards. I'll have those the next couple Sundays. Um, Any questions? Yeah. Well, thank you again. I really do appreciate everybody being so helpful. It's been great. All right, and the last thing is, okay, if we're going into services, what about community groups? Uh, how, does that, how does that work with community groups? So Jonathan's going to come and just say a word about that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, no, it's not the answer, but it's fun to say. Um, and, in, and, and in truth, it, it, there's a level of uh, we don't know. There's a lot of things we don't know. Um, but I would tell you, as of Sunday, uh, praise the Lord for Kevin and Darian who've joined our ranks. Uh, we, we sit at 243 communing members uh, and about 40, between 45 and 50 non-communing members, i.e. children. Uh, of our communing membership, we have 89% uh, in community groups. Uh, and among our regular attenders, who are people who are on their way to membership or people who attend, you know, pretty regularly, as we've tracked over time, uh, over 60% of those people are in community groups. So you can see we don't have very many people currently who aren't in community groups. The people that aren't, uh, we try to keep track of, we try to go after, ask them, uh, pursue them, say to them, here are some groups, et cetera, et cetera. Um, some of them are thinking, some of them are uh, happy to kind of stay where they are, and, and, and that's fine. Um, as, far as, uh, as far as two services goes, uh, what you can see here from our goal is if we have 500 people, uh, we currently don't have enough groups to service 500 people. We don't have enough groups to service the people that we have if you include members, regular attenders, and people who are around but haven't quite figured out what's Redeemer about. The opportunity for them to learn more about what Redeemer's about and some of the distinctives of us uh, and kind of learn our culture is within a community group. So we do have groups that are too big and need to multiply. Uh, We don't use the word split at this church. It's a cuss word. Um, And those groups that need to multiply know who they are, and I'll be coming after you particularly your leaders, specifically. Um, And so those groups will need to multiply, and then the other piece of that will be identify new leaders, uh, future leaders, which I'm in the process of doing. And all the goal to say with this is we want to be proactive. We don't want to be reactive to where, oh, my gosh, we have 550 people that we're averaging on a Sunday, and we have 11 community groups. Well, I guess they'll all have 50 people in them, you know, or something like that. We want to be proactive, Find, identify, train up, pray for God to raise up more leaders so that we can have more groups. Um, Logistically, I would tell you, if most of your group has decided you're going to go to one or the other service, um, you don't have to all go to the same service. There's not like a law written in stone about that. 
But I think it would be good as, as much as you're able, everybody go to the same service. And then as you build that group, if it's small, or as you begin to think about multiplication, you can be pointing new people to people that you're connected to rather than say to them, well, so-and-so, they're in the other service. He's kind of tall, dark hair. I mean, it's a new person. They have no idea who you're talking about. So if you can all stick together, I think that, that might be great. And to that end, um, and I think Drew's going to touch on this, um, ratio-wise, uh, if, if you feel like, gosh, everybody's talking about the one service, uh, and you come to find out through the grapevine, most people might be going to the one service, whatever service that is, maybe as a group, think about going to the other one. Challenge your group leaders to think about maybe going to the other one so that you do have opportunity to, from there, build out and grow uh, as that service grows, okay? So if you've got any more questions about that, please come see me. But uh, we are going to be more proactive with this ministry. It's vital. Um, it's, it's so much of the reason why we exist and we are the way we are. So pray for us. If you've got questions, come see me. Yeah, that's great. So as you can see, there's sweeping changes that are happening for all of these things. Now, what, what can we really expect? Uh, Jonathan alluded to it, and this is, this is the, really the last thing that I want. Well, I have a couple more things. But we are, the goal, we need to be as close to a 50-50 split as we can be. Uh, we At least a 60-40 split. What happens if you get a 70-30 split? In other words, if, if 200, and, um, 200 people go to one service and 75 go to the other? You see what you see what that does. It just so it just so um, that that service with seventy five people in it is really hard. And so I mean, there's no way for us to predict it. Like this would be a fun thing. Gun to your head, ready? Gun to your head. You have to decide nine or ten thirty in the room. Who's going? Who, who's planning to come to the nine o'clock service? Okay, put your hands down. Ten thirty, five. So see, that's pretty close. Pretty close to to a to a 50-50. I, I, it would have been fun to figure that out. What, here is my, let me tell you what, just for fun, what my assumption was is that if, you have, if you're a parent of, a, of, of school-age children or preschool children, then you want to come at 9 because the kids are already up, and the, the, the thing that you're dealing with is nap time. Right? I remember when we, went, we were driving to Lakeland, church would get over at 11, we'd go to lunch, and it was just like, God, please keep them awake in the back of the car until we can get home so they'll take a nap, right? Because you're up against nap time. Uh, if you're the parent of a teenager, if you have teenagers in your house, then of course 1035 is when you're going to come because they want to sleep a little bit later, right? If you're, um, you know, and so I, I do think there's some, there's some balance. Uh, what I've been warned by a friend of mine who has a very similar demographic to our church is he said everybody's going to tell you they're going to come at 9, nine o'clock. Uh, and, for, and for a month, that was a funny noise, and for a month, for a month or two or three, they will, they'll do that. But then they'll realize, you know what? I don't have to get, I could sleep a little longer. I mean, there's 1030 service. Why am I rushing out the door at 845 to get to church? And, and then it's going to swing the other way is what he said. Because people are going to realize. Or if you intend to come at 9, uh, but, you, but you literally just sleep through your alarm clock or whatever, then there's the option of 1030. Uh, or, you know, or if you're needing to get out of town and you can come early. But you, I mean, so there is, if you, if you say nine, 9 o'clock, it doesn't mean you can't, you're not allowed in the door at 1035. You know, but, but just that sense of we need, we, re, we need some, I mean, the most important thing in this is that we figure out how to get a, a 50-50 or 60-40 split in those services. So if you ask me what I expect, I really expect, I think our staff expects 
Uh, if, there are, if there are 285 people on average here on Sunday morning, if you just take it to 300, because that's probably more a, a better number, I think, I think probably we'll have 165 people in one service, 135, 140 people in the other. And then, I, and then I believe, and this is my optimism maybe, I really think by Christmas, both of the, Lord willing, both of those services will be pushing 200 people in them. Then Jeff's group will leave. Uh, and 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 we'll go back down, and then I think by Easter uh, we'll be we'll be headed back in the other direction again. And my hope is, my hope is that at Easter this past Easter we had 500 people uh, in the building, um, and so and so a lot of indicators the way you do health, healthy churches that are growing, whatever your Easter number is, if they're if you're ma- if you're making it possible for growth. Now we have not done that because we've not been in two services, but if you're making it possible for growth to happen in natural ways, then whatever you hit on Easter. By that time, next, the following year, you're typically at that on a, on a weekly basis. Does that make sense? So whatever your high is on Easter. So our high was like 503, I think, is what we had on Easter. And Lord willing, pray. Pray for that. Pray that with Jeff's, with the, with the Southwest Congregation and the two services here, that we'll have 500 people in those three services by Easter. That'd be great. Uh, but what's going to happen is, is if we get to this thing and we say, and we see... Oh man, there's seven. You know, seventy percent of the church is going to this one service. Then we're going to need to we're going to need to ask some of you to be flexible and say, hey, can you maybe would you think about coming to the late or coming to the early, whatever it might be. Okay. Uh, one request. Let me let me finish with this on your piece of paper. One one request, and this is a big big cultural thing that I want to happen in our church in the next year. If you're a member, you're a regular attender here. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do, and I'm already asking the staff to do this and are the elders of our church to do this, I would ask that you pray and ask God to put two people or two families on your heart that are not currently a part of a church. And then I would ask you to begin to intentionally build a relationship with those people for the purpose of extending an invitation to them to join you in worship or in your community group. Um, We did that. uh, When when we, our core group met, we we did this and we identified... um, uh, some people that we just loved and that we wanted to be a part of our church. Um, believe it or not, Jim and Eric or Sarine were, were on that list. And they're here in community group leaders, right? So that's how God works, right? Is they were on our hearts and we wanted to see them come. Because we loved them and we wanted to do that with them. What's that? You did go to a church. You did go to a church. Sorry. Please. But we wanted you to come to our church. Because <laughs> you were our friends. No, no, we don't want a church steal, no, no. I can't publicly, I cannot publicly endorse such things. I would just say, if you know somebody that needs the gospel, if you know somebody, whether they're religious or irreligious, but the need of their heart is to hear the gospel on a regular basis, bring them, right? I think you're free to do that. That's as far as I can take that, though. So two people, two families on your heart, that need, that, need the, that, that need to hear the good news of Jesus. Whether, I mean, and, and ideal, you know, if they're not a part of a church. Uh, and I would just tell you, um, invite them to a worship service, invite them to a community group, share those names with your community group, give updates, pray for one another in your evangelistic efforts. Evangelism isn't, remember, evangelism is gospelizing. It's good news, it's bringing the good news, and you bring the good news both to uh, religious Christian people and to irreligious non-Christian people. So just be, be mindful of those things, okay? But So I'm gonna, we're going to talk more about that in the coming days, but I need to be finished. But a few practical suggestions in light of membership vow number four. 
which most of you in the room have taken. That vow says that you will promise to support the church and its worship and work to the best of your ability. And here's where, as they used to say, you go from preaching to meddling, but I'm going to meddle just a little bit for just a minute if I can. Um, and here's some suggestions that I would, I, I, would, I would say, not pastoral admonitions, if you would. Number one, be there every Sunday. Listen, miss fewer Sundays. Uh, go on fewer vacations that take you away on Sundays for the next year and be, maybe beyond because we're going to need every single person here as often as we can because it's just like when you're church planting. Listen, the, thing about, the great thing about church planting is, as you know, if I don't invite somebody, nobody's going to be there. Like, you worry, like, for the first three months, nobody might come. Like, we could show up and literally nobody could be there, so I better invite somebody. That's what it's going to feel like. And we want to feel, if I'm not there, holy cow, what are, they, what are they going to do without me if I don't go? That's what we want you to feel. That's what we want you to feel, because that's the reality. But when the room's as full as it is, it's easy for you to think, ah, nobody will miss me. But no, 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 we will. So be there. Be there every Sunday, as often as you can. Secondly, be energetic. We need you to sing louder than you do now. Okay? We need you to s- smile a whole lot more. And I just wrote, extroverts unite, Right? The extroverts need to carry the introverts in these things because it's a smaller crowd. And so uh, with a smaller crowd, it's just, it's just harder. So we need you to be energetic. Come and be energetic. Thirdly, bring people with you every Sunday, every time you come. Fourthly, we need all hands on deck. So find a place to serve. Get, get plugged in in children's ministry or whatnot. Number five, come early and stay after. If you're coming to the 9 o'clock service, then be on time. Terry, can I get an amen? Yeah, that was kind of half-hearted back there, but we'll, we're going to have a hard start time of 9 a.m. It's been really hard, We've worked re- but the last couple of weeks, not 9.30, he is starting the first song, and literally there's about 13 people in here, and it is so weird to do it, but we're going to do it. We have to. We have to, so be here, and, be, and come, at, you know, come at 8.50 or whatever. And then uh, linger after the service, because if you don't, then you're going to miss the people who are coming at 1035. So stay, and and we're going to have the the stuff set up out front, okay? If you're planning to come at 1035, come early so that you don't miss the people who come at 9 who are leaving and fellowship with those people, okay? So come early and stay after. Number six, think like a missionary, not a consumer. Remember, the church doesn't exist for you. You are the church, and you exist for the world. So every Sunday, don't sit with the people that you always sit with in the same spot. Introduce yourself to people you don't know. Practice hospitality. Invite new people to join your community group. Uh, everything you can do. I remember Gene uh, Lanehart in the early days, would ha- he had a p- pad of paper in his pocket, and he would just walk around and meet people, and he would write their names down so he didn't forget. And then, and then he would call them, or he would let one of us know, hey, I met John, and he was at church on Sunday, and we would make, I mean, Right? That kind of intentionality of finding the new people and, and embracing them and making them feel like they're um, apart. Okay? That's what we need to do. Practice hospitality. And then, and then seventh, uh, become a minister and help bear. If the Lord chooses to bless, and we really do see this kind of growth, then what Jonathan said, we need community group leaders. We need discipleship group leaders. We need people that can bear the weight of these people because people are heavyweight to bear. And uh, our staff is very, very suitable for the size congregation we are now. But if we see growth, then obviously we're going to need help uh, in bearing the weight of people. So become a minister because that's our goal, isn't it? That we would be in every member ministry to one another. What a great opportunity before us. It really is. I mean, it really is a great opportunity. It's to jolt us 
uh, in our efforts to really be the kind of church that the scriptures call us to be. That's our hope. Okay? Any thoughts or questions before we, we close? Uh-oh. Yeah. Yep. On the back of the piece. C number six, think like a missionary, not a consumer. Just put it on the ground. Who cares? No. I'll, I'll look into that. I'm sure it would be. Yes. <laughs> yep, we can do that. And I believe Joe, where's Joe? Or, or We recorded this tonight, right? Yeah, so there's the recording of it as well, and that'll be on the website. The new website that launches hopefully tomorrow. And the app. It'll be on the app as well. Anybody else? No, I mean, it'll just, it'll just take over for the old. I mean, the, the, the Redeemer Winter Haven, the URL is the same. It'll just, the old website will go away and be no more. Which will take some getting used to, because if you're still accessing sermons and stuff like that, there'll be a new. But if you've been a part of the church for a long time, we're going back to the company that we were using before Josh Netterville did our new site. And it's just because these people have a lot of, they're doing a lot of work with multi-congregational, multi-site churches. And so it's just an easy way to get, you know, that work done. So, okay. Yeah, Tim, last thing. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I don't know that we have a hard, fast uh, thought on that. Um, I, I imagine, I, the way I would probably say that I think that's going to happen is, is groups, I think, I would not want groups to sit down with one another and say, okay, you're going at 9.30, you're going at 9, we're going at 10.30, I guess that means we can't be in a community group together anymore. I don't think that's the case. I think community groups become more important because to think that you're going to get your community, you know, in a group the size of the group that meets in this room on Sunday mornings is probably not smart anyway, so the community group is going to become important. As they are, I think they can function. But what's going to happen probably is... Um, people who come to the 9 o'clock service will be, will be more easily connecting with other people at the 9 o'clock service. And so wherever those people are gathering for community groups, that's how I think in the future it will become more like that. But I think right now it doesn't necessarily have to be like that, I guess, I guess is the way I would say that. Does that make sense? Yeah. And would it be better to have a mix because hmm? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't think there's any right way or wrong way to do it. I think we just want that. We've always been a church that's tried. I mean, that really has existed very organically like that. And I would think we... Right. 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 But I do think the issue is that the community groups become even more important because they re- it really is the place where you're going to connect in a significant way with people. Right. Great. Well, I mean, obviously, we need to be done uh, for the sake of the kids and whatnot, but uh, we are available to answer any questions. You're welcome to call, uh, talk to Jonathan or David or I or any of our elders because we've all talked about these things. And so let, let, me, just, let me close this in prayer. Uh, and then, by the way, if you, you're welcome to stick around for as long as you can. Don't leave your kids over there for 45 minutes while you're doing this. But uh, if some more of you, there's six stations up here for you to sign up uh, for Kid Check With. That would be fantastic for you to do that. And you can also, these books are available for, for you up here, too, if you'd like to go ahead and purchase one of those tonight, okay? Thank you again for being here. It's an exciting time. Uh, exciting time. Scary time. Uh, for, you know, just the, it's, it's, it, can be, it can feel overwhelming, but it's a really exciting time, and we believe that God is going to 
uh, bless this effort and, and uh, that we will see much fruit come from it, okay? So let's pray that. Father, would you do that? Bless us. Uh, bless us. You know, that's how the, the scriptures teach us to pray. Bless us but so that we might be a blessing. Um, hear our cries. Answer our prayers, not for our sake, but for Christ's sake. We lean on the verse that says that if we ask anything in your name, you'll do it. So for, your, for the sake of your own glory, for the sake of your kingdom come, and your will being done in Winter Haven and Polk County, we pray uh, that you would go to work for us. We wait for you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again for being here tonight. Appreciate you.